So, Christian, we are, Christian, we're, we're live. Christian, say hello to everyone, please. Hello, everybody around the world. For those that are early risers, for those that are late bombers, yes, we're here. We're in a center. Of, uh, well, well done, Christian. So we're, we're live with Dr. Christian Muller, Managing Director of Global Gap, putting food safety and sustainability on the map. So, um, Christian, before we get going, um, I, I love the fact that uh, your business is called Global Gap and our little initiative, Beanstalk Global, was called Beanstalk Global uh, because we're live to a global audience. And uh, on my uh, screen, just behind my camera, I can see that uh, now that we're live on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter and YouTube, We've already got people dialed in from the United States, uh, South America. Uh, we've got people, uh, oh, people up in, uh, working in, uh, and watching us in, uh, in Cape Town, Joburg, and uh, Europe is, is all just coming online. And oh, we, Christian, you won't believe this. Some people are awake in Australia um, who, who've just, just hopped in, and obviously uh, um, also in, uh, in, in London. So, everyone, it's great to have you uh, with us today with Christian. We're really keen to get. Um, Christian on, on board because we all have very positive views about um, Global Gap and the business that it is. Uh, but I wanted to do a deep dive investigation with uh, with Christian so we could find out more about Global Gap, how it was formed, where it is today, where it's going to be in the future and how it's going to be a benefit to, to us all. And, and Christian, just before we, uh, we we kick off, I just wanted to say a big thank you to Katya and Lydia, Lydia Strassen from, uh, from the UK end and, and Katia from from, uh, from Germany for setting this uh, this all up. If it wasn't for the, for the two of them, um, we, we wouldn't be uh, here today. So, so Christian, I've, I've got on my auto queue, I've got a whole ream of stuff about Global Gap, but I tell you what, tell us, you tell us, you're, you're the master, you're the MC. Tell us all about, um, about Global Gap, please. Yeah, well, Global Gap is basically a, a brand. It's developed by a Food Plus company, which is in the background. But Global Gap, consider it as a global good agricultural practice. It all starts off, how can we translate the consumer requirements into good agricultural practice for farmers, right? I'm a farmer's son. I want to know what the consumers around the world want for international trade for my business. So we designed this as a standard. So for responsible uh, farming with uh, protecting environment and social issues. Okay, and, and, and the scope, the scope of Global Gap, are, are we just parochial around Europe? Are, are we uh, just in the UK? Are, are we global? Hence the name, what, what's, the, what's the reach of Global Gap please? Well, there is a seed in the UK. The UK retailers were the first ones to really get started. And uh, I met them in Spain when it gone south of Spain and Maria when they had joined uh, issues with sustainability at that time and safety. Now we are in more than 130 countries with more than 100 and more than 200,000 farms that are certified under the Global Gap family of standards. Uh, and I was, uh, Christian, I was showing off um, to, to you in our green room that's uh, three, four years ago, I, I was very blessed to have traveled through a lot of Africa um, promoting fresh produce. And I went through 18 different countries and visited and filmed on, on 50 different farms. And every farm, what did they have at the, uh, at the, at the start of the driveway, whether it was a tarmac driveway or a pothole driveway, they had a sign saying Global Gap. So this was uh, three, four, four years ago. So the fact that you're in 130 plus, uh, plus uh, countries is, is very, very impressive. And, and for those, those Christians who are dialed in, who don't perhaps understand that the food sector, as, as well as uh, uh, you, and, you and I, what, why do we need Global Gap? Why do we need um, this type of insurance scheme on, on farm? Why do, why do we need Global Gap? 
Well, first of all, in the fresh produce industry, where we are basically the, the, have the biggest share, you know, products come from everywhere, right? And, and consumers are in different countries and have these specific ex expectations. And, and a buyer here, like a retailer or a trader, uh, they have uh, not all the means to go for all these seasonal products and define exactly how farming should be done. So the idea was we bring the farmers on board, we sit this, them together on the table with the traders, with the retailers, and bring them on harmonizing and agreeing what it means to have a safe product, to have good and responsible farming practices, environmentally, socially. So it's basically a global standardization in the private sector, because governments actually failed. The origin came from when the BSE crisis was there, right? The mad cow disease. And the retailers said, hey, we need to have a positive response for the fresh produce sector. What can we do to influence our farmers and get them on board to actually use responsibly the pesticides or the crop protection products, to use responsibly their work, work, or work with their workers in a way that they have a safe environment, et cetera. Excellent. And that's one, one thing that I found when I was traveling through Africa, when I quizzed the, the, the farmers and uh, some of the other individuals that we were meeting as to what was the, the benefit, the advantage of being, of being aligned to global gap. That, that's what they, they, they said. It gave them food security. It gave them security knowing that the produce that they were selling to an international market would be of that global gap standard and it therefore would be would be bought by by the uh, by the customer and then ultimately bought by the by, by the consumer so so, so, so christian do you, it is is global gap is it just one scheme globally um for for fresh produce or there are a myriad of of, of schemes creating a little bit of confusion or, or is it just global gap well, we have uh, basically what we call the integrated farm assurance uh, standard family. This is for fresh food and vegetable that covers all the production from a carrot, uh, from a bean, uh, or even, uh, let's say, a palm tree. And, and then on the other hand, we have livestock, we have aquaculture and flower and fl uh, floral products. So it's the whole range of being uh, farmed products. So we, we wouldn't do live catch or fish. We wouldn't do live collection. The bees do the honey for themselves. We don't certify them. Right? <laughs> so, so in that area, we are just doing what is controlled farming. So where human beings have a basic role to play, but in the whole range, that's the content. And, uh, and here we basically have a basic global reference standard, which is of course translated then in 20, 30 different languages. In, and, and that is maybe what you may refer to is we link it often in the country to the national legislation and customs, not only to the language, but also like national interpretation so that people understand it and see the value of it directly. Excellent. And, and then, so coming to nuts and bolts, let me give you a direct example. Um, and, and I love these sort of uh, uh, cases, Christian. We've, we've got two young um, entrepreneurs who are British, who've worked um, in fresh produce um, overseas. They want to set up a, a business in, uh, in Senegal to grow uh, the likes of spring onions and, and chilies. And they want to engage with, uh, with Global Gap because they know they need to get that accreditation. And they're just getting their funding sorted out. They're just sourcing, sourcing the land. For them to engage with Global Gap, um, and I know it will be, it will be a, a, um, uh, there, there'll be a lot of information, but in a, in a nutshell, what will they have to do to be accredited to, to Global Gap standards, please? 
Well, we do have for our current standard, um, we have a website where you can really define what's your product to grow and what's your country you're in. And then you can basically download the particular documents. That's a very detailed questionnaire, the checklist. Right. And, and often you have uh, trainers around nearby. But the key thing then is to connect to an auditing company, a CB recorded certification body. They will be the audits. They will also give you more hints in the country. They speak your language, etc. Yeah. But one thing we need to make really clear, it is uh, it's necessary often to have a global gap certificate for the international trade to the Europe or to North America or in some places, but it's not sufficient. Yeah, so you make the difference. There is legal requirement. It's quality. It's all the logistics. So global gap alone doesn't bring you there, but it okay. is one of the necessary components. Excellent. And I'm guessing for the likes of that example, with the um, with the relationship they would create with your with yourself, the global gap and the auditors, um, they can then sort of figuratively hold your hand and find out more about the other accreditations that, that, that they would need. So you can help them with the process. You can help them come directly to market. Would that be correct? Um, yeah, that very often we are actually engaged with, with projects, with funding projects, uh, like in Africa, the USAID from, from the US or other uh, GIZ and other projects where they do training and they have national training organizations and we train the trainers. So often there are local trainers or we had a lot of farm insurers, the consultants that have uh, training from us so they get more up-to-date information. We would not necessarily from the head office in Cologne or for other local people directly do the training yeah. but we have in many countries local people that you find them on our website and they would direct you to those resources yeah and, and i'm guessing christian that with this drive towards uh, sustainability uh, carbon neutrality is the, the next one coming along regenerative agriculture we've seen a big uptick in the in the uk and, and america you, you must be very busy you, you must be seeing a, a number of positive demands on yourself and your colleagues uh, to assist these businesses find this new way especially towards sustainability it's a perfect time in a way for organizations like ourselves i must say <laughs> on the other hand we work on behalf of the industry we are a member-based organization where we have a community we serve to. That's our resonate, right? So we have an advisory board that's elected in a democratic way. We, that's a sounding board. So we do this to help the industry from a farmer and a retailer and the whole supply chain in between. We all serve the consumer. So, so in that sense, yes, there's a lot of demand. We have a great network, a global network, more than 160 auditing or certification bodies. They operate globally, so the footprint is there. So we can basically plug and play. So once we have content, we can bring it to these places and we have almost like the service outlet in the country. Yeah, and I love that word um, community, and I love this word that we majored on last year, uh, Christian, being collaboration, a, a space where, where if, if um, a, a farmer, wherever they uh, are based, uh, become a member of Global Gap, um, they're part of that community, they, they're part of the collaboration that you've created so that ideas, issues, problems, solutions can all be solved within that community. Yeah, we have uh, two layers, uh, two levels. One is you are participating in the system. So you are a certified, registered certified producer. 
then of course, then you are uh, part of this service package and a user of the system. Uh, but we also have what we call real members. Members are even active participants, retailers, traders, also farming communities, groups of farms. They join for proactively contribute to the standards. So it's an extra voluntary association type of approach. They are the drivers. They are the ones that have the mandate to in the community to make then the consensus uh, with our decision and governance structure, what the standard should look like. Excellent. So, so the business, Global Gap, you're constantly changing, moving, shaping for the future, for the, for the needs of the farmers, for, for the needs of the, the end, end consumer? Yes, but that is a fine balance. I mean, being myself a farmer's son, and I know that, of course, uh, it's risky to change in farming because you only have what uh, Dr. Buffett say, 40 chances in life to get it right, 40 harvests of a yearly way. So 140 is a lot, right, if you mess it up. So it's you be cautious. But so but we you look forward. Our continuous improvement is going with all, with public consultation, we'll bring in new things, new things on environment, now we are launching a biodiversity add-on because it's so important. We already have water to roll out. Um, so these are, and, and climate is on the horizon. Uh, these are the developed, and then we knew a new release. And uh, this new release is now the sixth release. Version six will be published on the 26th of uh, April this year. We've yeah. been working on this for three years now, intensively with thousands of days of individual contribution from the industry and working groups and consultations. And that will now, we are in the translation process to make all the documents ready to publish it on the 26th of February of April. Okay. Wow, then that will be like the new, a new way of thinking into this good agricultural practice certification. Excellent. Well, that's, uh, we're very excited to hear about that, that rollout in, uh, in, in late April. That's going to be very interesting to hear. Um, Christian, um, we did a, a broadcast late last year on um, investment into farming and fresh produce. And uh, we, we were live with a, a great chap from South Africa. And he made a really personal point that um, in the last recession, um, a number of the funds, um, especially U.S. funds, they came uh, rolling towards um, ag um, agriculture, agricultural uh, businesses on a global basis because they saw it as a safe haven. Today, uh, with this perception that there's a, a, a COVID, um, uh, a, a pandemic uh, recession that's either here or, or coming here, the, the same thing is happening again, that these funds are looking to come into agriculture, but also uh, fresh produce, and interestingly enough, also into ag tech, because they can see the excitement of that um, of that, are you being contacted by these funds or have you got advice for these funds or individuals or companies that want to invest in agriculture, that want to invest into fresh food as to how they should do it correctly? Because we do, we are in a sort of a zeitgeist at the moment with this attraction towards fresh food because we all want to eat better so that we're healthier against this pandemic and God forbid any future pandemic. Um, are, are you, what, what's your advice to people looking to come into the sectors as, a, as investors as to what they need to do with your learnings from Global Gap, please? Well, I think, yes, we've been approached and we are actually being recently approached again by the World Bank to develop in their investment process a standard. Wow. 
in the area of, uh, of livestock. So, um, yeah, I think at the moment a farm has been certified to our standard um, and you can even develop individual add-ons requirements you want in a private add-on to make sure there are particular things we don't cover. We would do that in a plug and play way. Uh, if you do that, then you have the one thing there is a, you have a better market access, which then means you have a more long-term profitability because you wouldn't be rejected. There's less risk on the food safety side that you may fail, there's less risk that you have some environmental very bad practices that would uh, challenge your investment and your money you put into these uh, industries. But also technology. Technology will be needed. There is, if we're going to scale up, we don't have enough human auditors to go on every farm to actually do control and we that's too much policing we need yeah. to empower farmers with data and data isn't handwriting on a piece of paper it's basically digitalization of agriculture and here technology really helps yeah. and then with algorithms we can replace more and more some of the audits or pieces of the audit with validated data and then algorithms that give us not only us as the controlling organization, but also the investors, but also the producers themselves, yep. good guidance in where they steer in terms of metrics, water use, energy use, uh, et cetera. Excellent. Christian, well done, because I, I know that we've got a number of international software businesses um, who work predominantly in fresh produce dialed into this, this broadcast. We, with you as, uh, as the MD of Global Gap, what would your advice be to them as to how they should be tailoring their product, their, their offering, to, to uh, be able to bolt in Global Gap, to be able to, as you say, um, uh, automize the, the auditing side? What, what would your advice be to those software companies, please? Very simple. First of all, they need to need to really meet the needs of the farmer to do a better management, right? To be managing the farmer resources much more efficiently as a byproduct. And that is sort of the cream on it is to offer a link, an API, an automated programming interface to our what we call impact driven approach. Uh, backlog. So we would then allow this data to be shared with us and we give back aggregated benchmark data only for the farmer that can be displayed with that software again. So that steer wow. them even in the peer to others, right? This So we're building this up now with the version six. We're already piloting this in, in Florida in floral culture. So that is anyway part of the area where we have much more progress right now. Environment is more important. Um, so, yes, I go for the farmer and the benefit, but then link it for data exchange with our um, direct link. We don't want to be on the farm with the front end. So that's the opportunity to be really the service provider for the farming community. That's, Christian, well done. That's, um, that's, that's amazing. And I, 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 and I say that, and I'll not be jingoistic, because I've met so many businesses over the last three, four years who, who are just concerned that the farmer has got so many streams of data um, coming in um, to them that they find it very difficult to, to comprehend. So I think you're, you're actually one of the first people that I've interviewed um, who's, who's offered that API element to, to, to yourselves for your 
technology to be built into other people's technology so it is seamless for the uh, for, for 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 the farmer do, do you think that's achievable do, so do you think when we're let's stress out four or five years down down the line and we have a farmer whether they be in senegal whether they be in germany whether they be in in south america whether they be in, in south africa do you think it's it will be achievable for them to be able to run global gap on an efficient um basis off, off a handheld um, device where it's low touch um, but is incredibly powerful, and it's constantly learning uh, through the through the algorithms that are, that have been set up. Do you, do you think that's a, achievable, or is that a bit, bit, bit of a wild a wild goal? I think it's already reality in some places. You have these what we yeah. call gentlemen farmers sitting somewhere in a cafe and have this sort of remote farming. <laughs> It's a bit of a gadget, yes, but uh, yes, it is. The youth, the young farmers. I've seen and interviewed in our own podcast series, African farmers, young farmers, women, young men, they want technology. Farming isn't that ugly anymore. It's now with technology a place to go. It's for the future and they want this and they strive for it. And that link is there. So I do see this coming um, and it's purely because also of, of human resource and, and also less human touch with product. There will be more technology. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's going to come, yes. And, and do you think it's an area that funds should look to explore, especially on the, the, uh, the ag tech element, that, that it will be beneficial for them to invest in ag tech companies uh, because of the good that it's going to do, but also the financial upside for, for them as, uh, as, 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 as uh, primary funders? Do, do you think that would work for them? Absolutely. I mean, all ag technology, be it in the traditional uh, technici technicians, right, the technical yeah. equipment and farming to take out hand labor from some of the places, that's important. So simple technology, uh, but also uh, the high tech becomes much more, uh, well, achievable for many yeah? and, and using community use, etc. I think it's for us, it's advisable to do so. Uh, it will help uh, in particular as where our hope is that it will generate for farms an additional stream of income with data. Aha. Please, please explain a little bit more. Well, I think there is an opportunity that farmers basically like with carbon credits, that's the simplest way of thinking, right? They're impact investors. They think we need to improve. We have similar impact investors for animal welfare. The more animals are treated well, that is a benefit for those social impact investors. They would pay for every animal that it doesn't suffer. Yep. So, so th that is part of, uh, of opportunities so that the, the goal, the new goal, the data has been in the hands of farmers. They, there's an interest of society to do things better for a more resilient farming, for regenerative farming. And that needs to be proven. Global yeah. government standard on the way, I think 80% for responsible farming. We just meet, need a few more points that are coming now to get it to a full, complete, regenerative type of approach. Yeah. But that is what governments for civil society, but also consumers in different places need and want. Yeah. And there will be a differentiation in the market and then it will benefit, be it in the product pricing, which not always is the best place. I can explain if you want, but, uh, uh, but I think uh, there is also a parallel stream of the data itself of the value. Because if, just maybe I, I anyway do it, because the main thing is if you have a perishable product and by seasonality, the strawberry is really so many mature and ripe strawberries and they're all flushing the market and you cannot just 
keep a certain level of price because then you have to throw them away. People wouldn't buy them. So there is a elasticity for purchase for this. So that's what people would do. And so we would want to make sure that the market is there, all strawberries are eaten, but in the same time, the farmer isn't undercutting the price, so he's still getting an income by different sources. Excellent, Christian, thank, thank you. And, and just come, coming uh, back a little bit about on the techno technology side, because I just want to segue it in into um, attracting people into the sector. Uh, uh, when I was in Ghana, I was very blessed to, to go to one of the uh, first uh, fair trade banana um, growers in, in the whole of uh, Africa. And yes, they had a global gap sign at the uh, at the front front of the uh, front of the drive. Well, one thing that we were amazed at was that the 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 workers there um, they, they they lived in um, uh, re relatively poor housing. They, they were all very well look, looked after and, and accommodated, but you wouldn't call the the, the housing um, anything um, special. They were all paid um, digitally um, on on their phones, um, and it's a bit like uh, the telephone system in in uh, in Africa. They've they've never had landlines. They've gone straight to um, uh, uh, mobile devices, and so all of these five hundred plus workers were all being paid uh, digitally uh, through three different. Um, bank sources in, uh, in, in Ghana on, on, their, on their phones. So, so those um, of a younger generation are really interested in the, in the tech. There's so much that could be had with the likes of, um, of Global Gap, with the likes of this, uh, this sector, with these software businesses that, that are being created. And also you're doing good because of the, the, the fresh food connotation that Christian and I've talked about um, earlier about the whole sustainability element of it. Get, Christian, do you think this is an exciting sector, fresh food, fresh produce? Do you think this is a, an exciting sector for um, the younger generations uh, to come into, please? Yes, it's such a fast sector as well, right? So it's so international. We are recruiting. With last year, we recruited 30 international staff. We're again doing it this year. So whoever is interested, I can make that call here. We have, we will post over the year, 30 new positions and roles uh, in all different layers and levels uh, that interest in sustainability and in produce or livestock. But I think the, the, the area really is so exciting because of uh, you are helping you do something good. You have your elevator talk that you do something that helps the, the, the future generations. It's healthy food. It's uh, responsibly grown food. It's transparent food. It's what people want now and which yeah. I associate with. Yeah, yeah. So, so if people want to find out more about Global Gap and, and potentially to get, get a job, what, what, they, what must they do? They, they must go to the Global Gap uh, website, look at yeah. your LinkedIn, look at your Facebook, look at your social media and yeah. just, just keep watching and engaging with you and your colleagues. Yeah, we'll do this on LinkedIn. We'll do it uh, on different uh, portals. We'll do it on our website. We have a, a job opportunity site there and, and then apply through the system. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. And uh, you yourself, we, we always get asked this question by the number of students that dial in from the UK and internationally. Although you're a farmer's son, you're, 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 you're very charismatic. You could, have, you could have done anything, Christian. You could have gone into politics. You, you could have run the, 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 the German uh, national football team, but you're aligned with, uh, with Global Gap. What, what was your background from being a farmer's son uh, to coming into Global Gap, please? Well, I always wanted, I don't know, already wanted to do some change in the world. I don't know why. Uh, my brother took over the farm and said, OK, I wouldn't have been sitting on the tractor all day. I mean, I would have had, I think, I like to drive a tractor, but I think I like to also engage more with the people. But now with social media, you can actually sit on the tractor and still... <laughs> 
still interact. So I don't want to, and they go automatically with technology. So I think that wasn't at that time. Um, uh, to not discredit any of these roles because I think it's so important to do this. But um, no, I wanted to change things. And, and the first idea was maybe I work for United Nations, UN, FAO, uh -huh. or then the World Bank. And I piloted and trialed this, but uh, even the World Bank. But, but when I found out that the private business, the industry, the big retailers had the biggest input of opportunity to change. It was on the BSE crisis, now on fresh produce. And, and found that uh, bringing enthusiasm into it, get people's dreams there, they wanna do these things. I think to change the industry with the private sector on with global players that are responsibly sourcing has a huge impact. Totally, totally. And to be involved with, with you and your colleagues on, on a career basis or, or um, any of the associated businesses uh, with, with, your, with yourself would be a, a great, great journey to be had. Yeah, I think I, I tell my people, what is it what you want to be accredited for in the end? I say, well, if they are thankful that with joining an organization, what we've built, they could leverage their skills and their talent to make a difference in the world because of this organization, more than if they would just try themselves to do it. Already as a consumer, you have a big impact. But yes, if you leverage it and you build, for example, now a biodiversity standard, and that will be rolled out to thousands of farms, you can already make such a difference everywhere around the world in a, in a sort of also collaborative way. This is not something we should have put top down. This has yeah. all been developed with understanding, with common sense, with science-based and consensus. Yeah. And, and, and Christian, with the, 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 the generation that are going through college universities in UK, Europe, and, and overseas, that might be doing specific agricultural courses, they'll be taught on these new elements of carbon neutrality and sustainability. I'm sure you're seeing the same thing that we're meeting a lot of people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, who actually want to step away from the career that they're doing currently and come into the fresh food sector. But, but they're struggling a little bit to find uh, ways to be educated on the lights of sustainability uh, because they can't find anything specific about um, sustainability within fresh produce, within, within fresh food. What would your advice be to those people who are looking to retrain, to come into the sector as to how they can um, uh, very quickly learn more about this sector, especially on the likes of carbon neutrality, sustainability, regenerative agriculture? What, what would your advice be to them? How can they learn, please? Well, we are all a bit in the early stages. Some of the larger corporations, they have started and do their own internal training. Um, so yeah, we need to stay tuned. Once we have the first products ready, I think, you know, continue to visit our website where we're building and, and, and uh, there are learning courses. Um, I think that it is in really an early stage. Even if I would look, I like to need to transfer some of the knowledge. Um, uh, but the more we understand this, the more we get uh, questions as well. We will have, we are building up an academy here uh, and uh, to learn more about it. And that is gonna come in the course of the year as well. Wow. And teaming up with, with trainers. Uh, that would do that. But I don't think we are the only ones. Uh, we will also rely on, on, on uh, you know, teaching in universities. Um, yeah. 
It is, it is difficult. Um, when, um, on the other hand, you mentioned technology. A, a, a friend of mine, they started with us together on a series when we needed to fast educate people to do agriculture. Like when students needed to go to replace harvest workers that weren't able to come and travel because of COVID to asparagus and, uh, and strawberry harvest. We designed short YouTube videos that could be uh, looked and watched on, on, on your smartphone, right? So you could actually learn quickly what is safety, what is sustainability on the farm for these works. And that's been expanded now much more. So another way of technology for these sort of very short practical yeah. pieces to get the grip. Um, but I think the uh, university courses, they're starting to pick this up. Uh, they are, but I, it's a good point. I will also use this as an input further uh, to whenever we have our organizations working with us is the, that we build more a resource with, with our organization. And we, you can do that as well. Let's, uh, let's look at, at collecting in the notes and so on some resources. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I'm learning from, from yourself about Global Gap. You might not have the answer today, uh, but you might might have later in the year. So again, another reason why we should be aligned to you and uh, watching your website and uh, watching, engaging with, uh, with your social media feeds. Yeah, yeah, we will do. And uh, we have a social media uh, active groups. We're quite active on LinkedIn, we have our Facebook, uh, and we have a YouTube channel, a lot is a YouTube channel. But yeah, the latest ones, um, the more questions we get, the more interactions like logic we get, we will listen. We have our social media act, uh, managers and they are very active and proactive and uh, definitely engaged. Excellent. We just had a question in. Um, could um, Christian give a little bit more information on the launch of the new product at the end of April? Christian, are you able to do that? Are you able to tease us a little bit more, please? Yeah, it is much more risk-based. So we looked at simplification. Our standard had like 250 questions, but this is like this overall. What we will do is we will be smarter in a way how we generate the standard. So you can be much more targeted to what is your specific need in which, what you produce in which country. We'll be much smarter in terms of the approaches of, uh, our, of sustainability. We have these modules, we have add-ons, like if you have, are in a water stressed area, then there is a sort of adjusted water add-on. If you are in an area now with biodiversity that could actually bring you uh, closer to that level. So, so the whole area is more flexible, more risk-based. And, uh, and we look, uh, it's really a big overhaul <laughs> to make sure that uh, the farmers really get what they need and understand it and the outcome, the metrics is being uh, more in the focus. Yeah, less prescriptive, more outcome based. So because we see the farmer in the center, right? The farmer's heart needs to be convinced. I've met large producer groups. They have said, well, great that we have the standard because my workers now, they understand it. There's much more confidence within the group of the producers and of the, um, the workers because they have rules they have a way to, to understand why they are doing things in a certain way. Fantastic. Christian, I was mentioning about uh, my entrepreneurs who are looking to set up a set of goal. They, they've asked a question on, on WhatsApp. Uh, where does Christian see Global Gap in five to six years? And why should we be aligned to Global Gap? Over to you, sir. Yeah, well, well <coughs> excuse me. 
I think we want to really continue to belong to this sort of best of first network that translates like these new global trends into a mainstream food sector. We are not a niche player. We are for the mainstream food sector. And here by contributing to this necessary transformation uh, in the whole industry, that is our mandate. Uh, mainstreaming a consumer label, we haven't talked about it today yet, but you see in the back, uh, this uh, yeah. GGN label, a consumer label to bring responsible farming in a transparent way to consumers, make it safe for producers, for consumers to do a shopping, to make it simpler to, to choose responsibly produced products uh, that uh, respond to water, social, animal welfare, climate biodiversity. Um, so we want to do this in a broad thing, and then we will look much more in the way of um, the digitalization of metrics, of data, of impact. Yeah. So when you're a producer, you will be enabled, and that's one of our vision, you will be enabled to demonstrate that you produce in a way to contribute to the sustainable development goals. You are enabled to demonstrate and prove that you work and uh, deliver for several generations to come. So that is, I think, the mandate. If you're a buyer, when, well, you, this is what the, your competitors are likely to do, right? They will also rely on the standard and you may, wanna, may not wanna miss out. And, and, and you might wanna make sure that this is, and that's for all the others, that this is a mainstream harmonized approach. We need to even collaborate more. So that is the biggest challenge, but I see it's coming maybe through COVID even more. Yeah. That even before maybe competing systems, maybe different approaches, they see the value, particular in data exchange, to collaborate more. I see this more like the roaming of telephone companies. You should have one phone and be able to call all other phone networks and not have a phone of every network. Christian, excellent example. Excellent example, the, the, the telephone roaming. So, so you're, you're convinced that the future is bright uh, for the sector, and especially if we are all, all are aligned to the global gap. <laughs> we are aligned to the same mission to make this a more responsible farming. We do recognize and benchmark other standards. We don't want to be this sort of global monolith. We're decentralized. We provide a network of like-minded groups of like-minded people. We, we benchmark 15 national other standards because I think locally you are strong. Every culture is local. And if you get the right support under your even national support and your national framework, you just be able to interface and connect to the global community. We don't want to be and uh, just this one, uh, excuse me to put that, it's not this just one Microsoft solution, right? There are all the different ones that interact. Christian, thank you. I've learned so much today. What, why we're really keen to get you on is, is to be the face of, uh, of Global Gap and to just put a bit more flesh on the bones, as, as we say in, in the UK. We've learned so much from you today. I, I would state to everyone that to, to follow Christian and his colleagues on LinkedIn, on, the, on their website, on their other social media feeds, because they're very, very positive and very active on, on that side. And, and Christian, we look forward to the uh, the the new um, release information coming through at the at the end of uh, end of April and and just to wrap up I have to ask you ask you this question see if I could compromise you Christian what's your favorite fresh produce please 
Oh, my favorite fresh produce is, I think, the mango. Is it? Why? Why the mango? You can eat it fresh and add juice, and it also yeah. contributes to so many communities from developed but also developing communities. So it has something, but it's stressful for some on the production. So we have to look at it, but it is an yeah. opportunity for, for small and large farmers. So it's in both sides, right? It's a brilliant fruit and uh, it's traveling around the world and it tells a story. Excellent. And, and, and I believe uh, that you're shortly um, off to Africa. Are you to, um, to investigate, see, see some of your members? Will, will you be looking for mango on your, on your travels into Africa? Most likely, most likely, wherever I can have a good mango, it's perfect. Although, of course, I every day eat bananas and I was brought up with potatoes. So in that sense, I don't want to compromise on all the others. Excellent. Other fresh producers available. We'll, we'll go for mango first, then, uh, then potatoes second. Christian, thank you very much. We'd love to have you back on at some point uh, late, late in the year, just so that we can keep this dialogue going to get more people attracted into, into fresh, fresh produce and also the, the likes of the new entrepreneurial people coming into the sector for them to find out about Global Gap and why they should be aligned to. Christian, thank you very much. And thank you very much to, to your colleagues for organising this, uh, this, uh, this conversation today. Max, thank you so much for the opportunity. It was really a pleasure. And yes, we're looking for every interaction in the future because like many people, we need to stick together and be optimistic. Excellent. Well done, Christian. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye.